Hello, friend. My name is Brandon Boat, and you are listening to the Theater of Public Policy podcast. This episode comes from a live show we did on May 6th, 2019. We chatted with the chair of the Metropolitan Council, Nora Slawick. We talked about her past experience as a legislator and mayor of Maplewood and how that prepared her for this new role. We found out about what the Met Council actually does, how they work with cities, and what their plans for the future look like. Our media sponsor for this season was MinPost, which provides reader-supported news and analysis. You can find out more information at MinPost.com. You match the chair. I do. I, you just <laughs> blend right in. Um, so thank you so much for being here. I was just saying, you, I, I don't want to, this is no pressure. You're the third Met Council chair Uh-oh. that we have had on the theater. The third's the best, I, I believe. Hope so. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. So um, even though we've had three Met Council chairs on the show before, I am a slow learner and I just feel like it's important to sort of set the ground level for things that I should have learned in episodes one or two, which is what is it that you you all are supposed to do um uh-huh. the met council yeah right? yeah yeah well we do a couple things we do transportation right we do the light rail yep we do the buses yep and north star yes right? the north star yep. yeah and then we do uh, environmental services so if you turn on your faucet or you flush your toilet we do that you do that. Yep, in the whole metro region. And if I don't do those things, it's a problem. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and we do housing. You do housing. And well, housing and parks are the other things. Parks. We do. Okay, so that is like a lot. Uh, okay. So I, 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 let me maybe start with you a little bit. So you were, um, you were a state legislator and you were uh, a mayor. Why did you want to come and be the chair of the Metropolitan <laughs> Council? Why would you want to deal with literally sewage all day? Like, well, it's kind of complicated, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I feel really lucky in that Governor Walls wanted a mayor. Uh, to be the head of the Met Council. But he, he felt, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> why? Did he tell you why? Yeah, he, all three finalists were mayors. He felt that mayors uh, knew a lot about regional and local governments, and we would be able to relate to people in the metropolitan area about comp plans, parks, housing, transit, things like that. Okay. Um, so, okay. <laughs> That's the mayor, another mayor out there. Yeah, all right. There's another mayor. Good. Um, uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about let's do some of those different issue areas that you talked about. Okay. So housing, this is a, a big one. So uh, you say you work on how, what does that mean? What does it mean for the Metropolitan Council to be working on housing? What does that look like? You know, it's kind of, it's a big deal. I mean, people may not realize this, but we have the largest HRA in the state of Minnesota. 7,000 uh, vouchers uh, for Section 8 housing. So okay. we help low-income people find quality housing, which is important, right, everybody? Yeah. So, you, so you're helping low-income people find uh, affordable housing. You yep. also are trying to help cities like build more affordable housing or push them towards doing that or uh, politely ask them towards doing that? Um, that would be our comp plans, our comprehensive yeah. plans. Okay, so, so talk to me, yeah, the comprehensive plans, what, what is that? Well, you know, it's really about the vision, right? It's, it's how do we build the most competitive economic region uh, in the country, right? right? So that we're on par with Denver and Boston and Atlanta. Uh, so we want people to have affordable housing, right, Mayor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We want people to have uh, good parks. We want people to be planning their cities right. and, and so that the whole region 
interacts well together. And so this is a piece people point to, like, the, the, the majesty, the wonder of the Met Council is that it's, like, helping sort of the whole region have a vision yes. that goes... But you were a mayor of a town. Did yes. you did you ever have times where you're like, you know what? That doesn't work for that doesn't work for Maplewood. Uh, we're our own child, and we will do it. We're going to paint our room green, and I don't care what mom at the Met Council says. Interesting. So we we there are cities that do that, such as oh, I can I will not not to be named. We'll get there. <laughs> but in Maplewood, we you know we did our best. I mean, most cities have to take a second run at it. You get back some comments, and you have to turn it back in. So Maplewood's in process. Okay, so this is a, uh, so Minneapolis. We we actually talked on this show to some degree about we did yeah. People talked about our comp plan here, but every city in our seven county metro has to sub- is that legislated like they have to submit a plan to the Met Council? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, and what happens if they don't? What if they just like don't do their homework? There's some. There, you know, I have, I have to tell you, Tane. Since being a mayor and coming to the Met Council, I think maybe we should change things up a little. Okay. Right. But some of these small cities, it's really challenging because they aren't going to grow very much. And so, one thing is, we might want to take a look at maybe a small cities plan. And I hope the person that does that is not out there tonight. But no, so, so we. <laughs> this is how you know your job's over. Uh, no. You come to an improv comedy show, no, and it's, it's it's just an idea that there could be some changes. But really, um, people turn in their plans. There isn't a lot of punitive. There's more more carrots than sticks. Is what okay. we, what we say. We like yes. That's that mayor. That's great. So, well, what what are some of examples of like the carrots then? Like, if we do a really good comp plan, uh, what do, what do I get? Well, you know, if, for example, in Maplewood, when you you hold up, you know, the new thing is the carbon footprint, and you know how you're going to do all of your planning so that you have a smaller carbon footprint, right? And Ten or twenty years, and so Maplewood did that. Your reward is you're held up as the example. You get to be the leader. You get to have people say, "Wow, they're doing really great sustainability things," and that's really important. So it's just sort of like a, a like accolades versus shame kind of system, <laughs> like <laughs> carrots and sticks. Carrots and sticks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> thank you, Mayor. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so because uh, somebody I actually just like when I was getting ready for the show today, somebody was like, "Oh, you should ask about how does the Met Council try and help make more affordable housing possible, sort mm-hmm. of in places?" Because you know, some like Minneapolis is really like doubling down on we want more affordable housing. Right. There are some communities that are like, "That's fine, Minneapolis, you do your thing," uh, and we're not going to do that. And I'm wondering if. What, does that matter to the Met Council? Like, if there are cities that are just sort of like, whatever, we're not going to do affordable housing. Well, we're hoping, you know, of course, Minneapolis and St. Paul are the, the biggest cities, right? And yeah. so it's really important. And you hope that all cities will participate. Some of the smaller cities, it's it's a little bit harder to sure. participate in affordable housing. But it's, it's actually really an important concept because, you know, uh, where somebody lives, yeah. where a child lives, makes all the difference in their life. They grow yeah. up to be a better person if they have stable housing. Right. Um, you you all put, like, an actual scorecard out, right, of, like, different cities, of, like, how good they do on affordability. This is one of the things that I was finding is, like, oh, you do, like, a an affordability housing scorecard, and, like, Minneapolis gets a score of 100 because uh, we're, we're great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then other cities are like sort of like up and down. Oh, this is where it's like housing performance scores. 
uh, on affordable housing. Minneapolis gets 100, and then like all the way at the bottom, I'll just name Minatrista got a zero. Um, and so that is sort of like a, I, I, is it just sort of like, well, now we like herald Minneapolis as like good and we just sort of like don't talk about Minatrista no, no, no. or? <laughs> I think, you know, we, we love our cities. We really do. But, uh, but yeah, see? Yeah, thank you, Mayor. And so, uh, but part of it is that Minatrista is just not that big, right? And they aren't, yeah. they don't have that much land that's potentially developable. Yeah. The Mayor, the mayor of Minatrista is not out there. Five, right, five-acre lots. So we're, we're working and giving yeah. incentives on that, but... Okay, you know. so this seems like a good segue into talking about sewers, um, oh, okay. because... Well, I mean, this is a thing that I feel like I've learned over a couple of years is, you know, well, let me, I could ask it this way, which is just sort of, and I feel like the answer to this is partially relates around sewers, is why not let anybody build anything they want anywhere, right? Like, why have mm. regional planning? And what does that have to do with sewers? Well, if, if you, so say if you went out to the suburbs and you had a great big company and you were going to come and you were going to build that company in the suburb, but you didn't... Uh, check out what, how much sewage you needed, what kinds of pipes you needed. It'd be a problem, right? What if the system couldn't handle that, right? right? So, you, so that we really need people to play together so that the whole region works together well. So what does happen then, I mean, if, you know, someone is like some company or even some person who's like building their property and they're like, you know what, I want to have a thing out here and like it's not connected right now whatever like i don't care the about the musa line is that that's part of it so go on musa line well, well, <laughs> i uh they're a good sponsor of the show um, <laughs> the musa line is kind of complicated but i could give you an ex- another Please, example yeah. so we have a couple of uh restaurants one in minneapolis and one in maplewood where they have these banquet facilities and then their charge is called a there's these charges called the sack fees. Yeah. Right. So that's it's a, a it's sewer. It's a family-friendly oh, show, but the, yeah. The, the, the sewer connection fees. Sewer connection. Right? And sewer how, access connects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And so how we calculate those um, I, is, we're, is evolving. It's evolving. Yes. So, so part this Musa line is like if you are within or outside of that sewer system, right? right? Yeah. Right. I mean, this was actually like going, Met Council's 50 years old now, and it's, it's uh, the Met Council's, the, the best in terms of the, the, the system that right. you're talking about. Yeah. It keeps the growth, right, right, within a certain area yeah. and, and keeps the development happening, and so we all are, have the best region possible. So this, and I, I mean, you say that, I, I feel like this is a thing that if you, I, you're probably not looking for advice from me, but I do feel like people... <laughs> People don't appreciate, like, we pay lower sewer fees and lower water fees for some of these things because we have a Met Council that's like, okay, we're all going to be, like, connected in the system and try and, like, exactly. say. Whereas if you yeah. let people sort of build way out, right. then you have to, like, pay for that. You have right. to pay for the extra pipes, the extra processing yeah. farther out. So. Who likes lower sewer fees? Do you like yeah. lower sewer fees? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! That's fine. Um, <laughs> There's the group. So, uh, okay, so, and then transportation was this other big one yes. that you talked about. Yep. So, uh, so you all, you all are in charge of Metro Transit, right? We are. Which hopefully Got people took. On. You have your pin. Oh, oh Metro Transit yeah. pin. Uh, so, uh, just uh, talk to me about that because actually, this is a 
what, what is the idea behind having, again, this sort of metropolitan agency that is overseeing this whole region run the bus system? Because in a lot of places, the bus system is like a city bus system or even a county bus system. Here, it's this metro-wide piece. You know, again, it, it allows us to coordinate. You know, I'll tell you, Governor Walls has a vision for 10 new bus rapid transit systems. There's one right now. You guys may have ridden it. It goes from Rosedale down Snelling all the way to South Minneapolis. The A-line. Right? right? The A-line. And it's fast bus service. You pay outside the bus. has three doors on the bus. And it's about getting people to work, getting people to school fastly, fast, reliably, getting where they need to go. So it's, we like buses. Everybody like, we, we especially yeah. like big buses. I like buses. Um, uh, so, <laughs> no, I, I, so that's why you all write uh, One of the pieces that is, I don't know if it's complicated, is like Metro Transit exists, but then there are other bus services, there right? Are. Like there's uh, MVTA, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah. That's the mayor. Yep, the that's mayor is up. my favorite audience member so far. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, cu- I'm curious about, like, I don't know... I, is that just because, oh, you know, even though Metro Transit does a good job, anybody could run their own so, system? So um, back in the day, mm-hmm. the legislature, uh, somebody introduced a bill to have what we call a suburban transit providers. And so a certain number of communities decided to become, to run their own systems. But you know what? We provide the buses, and we do a lot of uh, support for those buses. But then they are out in the communities, right, Mary, running the routes and, and doing all that. So it's a, it's a, we have a very... Uh, Good relationship. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so you have a good relationship. I'm, I'm curious. So we talked about buses. We love buses. Um, I feel like a lot of people think Metro, tra- or Metro Transit and or Metropolitan Council, and they think rail. Right? Yeah. Sure do. Uh, because uh, our, our light rail systems you also run or whatnot. Yeah, we do. So I realize th- this predates you by a long way, but like one of the big things right now is Southwest Light Rail, right? It's the, yeah. it's the biggest, uh, largest construction project ever in the state of Minnesota. So this is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. A big good deal? A big good deal. It is, it is going to be great uh, for the region. You can go all the way from Eden Prairie <laughs> to the capital. You can okay. So, um, uh, so, so uh, yeah. Well, we, I should have said at the top of the show we open it up for you all to ask questions and/or take the microphone to just woo uh, later, uh, the second half of the show. So we'll uh, give you a chance to do that. I am curious though, like I, even folks who really love rail, I think, and who would say, yeah, like a rail line makes perfect sense. We've been talking about Southwest Light Rail. Literally since like 1978, maybe. No, I know. And so I guess the one of the hard questions is knowing that it takes that long. Is it worth it then? You know what? I will tell you when. And there's some council members here. When we cut that ribbon, and for all of you, you're invited. I I, I really do think it's going to be worth it. First of all, it's a beautiful route, as many of you know. Uh, it also helps um, transit-oriented development. We're going to have lots of new housing, lots of new affordable housing uh, in the southwest man- metro. It is going to be really exciting. Does that not happen when we have, like, a bus rapid transit line, though? Bus rapid transit, we, it does happen because we've got the rush line and the gold line yeah. in the east metro and the red line down in Apple Valley. Yeah. The, the mayor's So why, why not just do bus rapid transit, then? Well, you know, I, I think... Um, a couple of things, right? This is this is a really big project, and with the current federal administration, 
Right. Uh, we're not sure if, if they will continue things like LRT. So this is we should celebrate this as much as we can because it's it gets people places faster. It's about connectivity. It's about people. It's, it makes it more equitable. You can go from one neighborhood to the next neighborhood. We connect better. We can get people to jobs. I mean, light rail is a very good thing. So you brought up like the so we had commissioners Marion Green and Angela Conley on the show who are yes. uh, wonderful big fans yes. of yours I think well, um, and and one of the things that we yeah. taught that came up as an audience question was this uh, question about the federal funds aren't technically there yet for Southwest Light Rail um, right like we'll give you some acronyms the FFGA I again not- don't swear <laughs> um, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big grant. Yeah. Uh, it's on its way, we believe. We're working very hard to get it. And it, it, before you have an FFGA, you have to have an LONP. I, I can make up letters, too. Uh, uh, letter of no prejudice. And so they're, they, on the green line, they had several letters, LONPs, before they got the FFGA. Yeah. And so this is like this process where you I, – I, this is a thing that is mysterious, I feel like, to a lot of people, and they hear, so we don't have the funds yet. We have to play this, like, dance of the seven veils in order to, like – and meanwhile, we are going to start just building, assuming that – like, this highly responsible and responsive federal administration is going to, like, follow up. I mean, as, as uh, you know, uh, cheesy as it might sound, I, you know, I've been out there. I've been to the FTA, both on Botno and Southwest, and we have a very high rating. We are working through just a couple little issues, and I think we're going to see the FFGA. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, Good. I'm, Good. I don't want to give you a percentage, but quite sure. But a couple of LONPs before the FFGA. This is how it works. Um, So, but let me just circle back, because I do feel like this is sort of an existential question that people ask about this, like, bus versus rail piece. uh, So, okay, Southwest Light Rail, we've broken ground. We have the FFLNLPs, like, uh, (laughs) and that's happening. But you just mentioned, like, Botno is, like, the next sort of, project that we talk about, which would be a line that goes up sort of into the northern suburbs yeah. from Minneapolis. Like, is it, is it, will A, will we be doing a show about that literally in like 2045 <laughs> if we exist at that point? <laughs> and is it worth sort of like fighting that out where, you know, you in theory could do like a bus rapid transit line within the decade? So that, that question uh, could come to pass. We will shall see what happens on that. But, you know, with uh, Botno, there's, you know, there's a railroad there. And I'm not going to go into a lot of this, right? Everybody's, we're not going to go into a lot of it, but we're working with uh, BNSF to yeah. help make that happen. Uh, How is BNSF to work with? Slow. Yeah. yeah. Old. Yeah. They plan 100 years at a time. Yeah. So well, do we know what's going to happen in 100 years? No, I, I mean, I hope not. If yeah. you do, you have weird powers. Um, okay, um, so we talked about transportation. We talked about, oh, parks I wanted to talk to yeah. you about. Parks, everyone loves parks. Yes, I hope so. Uh, this is a piece that I, again, am interested in, like, wh- how is, is the Met Council work in terms of parks? Because, again, here in Minneapolis, we might think, yeah. oh, we have a city uh, park board. Right. Um, and so... Where is the Metropolitan Council in relation to something like our city city park? Yeah. Like, what is that relationship? So a lot of things that the Met Council does are all uh, 
laid out by the legislature, right? They're all in statute. And one of them is we have regional parks and we give funding to them and we do policies for them. So um, I was actually a parks and rec major and my daughter's here and she's a parks and rec major and my friend is here who's a parks and rec major, right? And so, so we know it improves the quality of life. You know, when I was mayor of Maplewood, and I don't know about all you, do you like your trails? Right? I know, I know you love your trails because I love my trails too. And what's your favorite trail? Oh, my favorite trail. You know, I can walk from my house to a trail and it's the Phelan Keller Regional Park. It's failing? Oh no. Phelan. Fa- fa- <laughs> Lake Phelan. <laughs> so, okay, so <laughs> Metro, you, regional parks are the Metropolitan Council. Yes. Yes. Um, and so when you say, like, do you run them? Do you just fund them? How does, what, it, what is your actual role as the council with that? Now, you might be surprised. It's complicated, right? So, Go on. I've got a quarter of a beer left. <laughs> but it's, you know, part of it is we get funding from the legacy funds. And mm-hmm. remember, maybe many of you voted for those legacy funds, right? Those go directly to fund some of our parks and come through the Met Council. Um, partly we get funding from other grants and other areas. And then we have um, the Metropolitan Parks and Open Space Commission that governs that. Uh, so they look at, at policy and they look at actually equity and all kinds of things with parks and how to make us have our best parks possible because we know Minnesotans love their parks. So, and so again, what is the mechanism for actually doing that? Like, right? Is it again a carrots and sticks things? What are some of those carrots and sticks? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a named number of parks, and I should know the number. Anyone, anybody want to shout that out out there with the named? How many? I think it's. 14. 14, uh, 14 parks. Some random person in the audience <laughs> yes. shout out, and we'll trust them. Uh. And, uh, and they're, they're throughout the metropolitan area. And uh, it's, so it's, it's in legislation. You know, these are the ones that we do, and these are the ones that we get funding for. And right. uh, we try to, to work to do improvements to the parks. I've been out to um, Carver County. I go on tours of all the counties. They invite me out, and we go on a bus, and we see things. And so uh, we were out by Lake Waconia. We saw some of the improvements they're going to do there in that park. Right. Uh, and there, it's it's all about um, again regionally helping us have the best parks possible. Uh, okay, so uh, there's so many other things we the, you all do so many things we could talk about so many things. Um, uh, I should say again, we're going to open it up for you all in the second half. But let me ask okay. uh, a couple because you brought up equity, which is a huge piece I know of like what the council has been focused on, particularly I would say over the last you know maybe a uh, term and a half of, of uh, where it's been. So I, <clears throat> I'm curious, like, A, you talk about, like, this is in statute, like what creates, there's people who push back and say, where does it say in the, you know, uh, the statute for the Metropolitan Council that you're supposed to be trying to make our counties more equitable or our cities oh. more equitable? Like, how, where do you sort of, like, get the, the authority to push cities to do that? You know, that's, that's actually a good question. I might have to look that up exactly where we get the authority, but but you do it. It is so, really important. It yeah. is really you know we have a, a new council. There's some council members here, and we have 50 percent people of color, and they're very all of us on the council in particular are concerned about this issue. Right. And equity can be in a number of ways. It's equity about disabilities. It's equity about income. It's equity about getting from Eden Prairie to uh, the capital. It's, it's you can slice a dice a number of ways, but equity helps us be better. 
I like being better. I try. Uh, so, and this is sort of like, listen, we could do it sort of like with me. Like, okay, so you're the you're the chair of the Met Council for me, and this is sort of like the existential question I'm always interested in folks who are in this role, which is, how do you think about your job in terms of, are you just sort of there to help me, or in your case, the seven-county metro be the best it can be, or are you there to actually try and push me to be better? Okay. Now, who are you again? I'm I'm the metropolitan region, oh, right? Okay. So if you're if okay. you're the if you're the because <laughs> it, it might seem like a straight a okay. slight difference, but um, I do feel like there's a difference uh, in the sense that some yeah. people say, you know, maybe the metropolitan council is just there to sort of make opportunity possible and like you know try and sort of like yeah. say, oh, this is sort of like what's on the table. If you want to do it, if you want to take it, we'll make this easier. Other people would say, no, you should be really pushing and like guiding and yeah. like saying, do this because we need this for the region. You know, if, if you're the region, I'd say, you know, what's the future? What's your future? Where are you going to be? What's transportation going to look like? What a city's going to look like? What a road's going to look like? We want to help you become the best you can be. We've got a program for you. <laughs> and a couple of rules. Yeah, but, and a couple of yeah. rules. <laughs> uh, that, uh, on that, that, very, that note that got applause for um, giving me some rules. Uh, so uh, can we do, we're going we're gonna to take a break and turn it over to our cast, but for now, can we do a tremendous round of applause for uh, Matt Counselor? Oh, look at this. Wow, that's good. Oh, look at hand already. So I just have to do my quick intro to question time, which is if you have a question, raise your hand. I will race towards you in a non-threatening manner, and I will uh, give you the microphone and a sticker. So she had her hand up before I even like said all of that. So, ta-da! Out of your three elected appointed positions, being the legislature, mayor, and now the Met Council chair, what has been the hardest of those three? Oh, now that is a tough question, right? The legislature's kind of hard because this time of year, you know what they're doing. They're trying to wrap it up. Do we know what they're doing? Um, (laughs) We're trying to figure that out right now. (laughs) And uh, mayors, there's some other, there's another mayor here now too, is, uh, you know, they're out there talking to residents. But the Met Council, you know, we do have the whole region, right? So I would say so far, you know, I'm a newbie still, but... Um, not that it's hard, but it's just a lot bigger and a lot more people. We have 4,500 people. Uh, so it's a lot of people. So Let Thank me you. ask that in a, a <laughs> more difficult way, uh, which okay. is just, uh, no, it's just sort of, so when you, your last two positions, you were elected. Uh, and, and now you're appointed by Governor Walsh. So it's, you could, someone could argue you sort of have an audience of one, like keep the governor happy uh, and you're good. Um, <laughs> is that a fair reading of like where, what your sort of like responsibility now is as opposed to when you used to have? have like a constituency of tens of thousands well it's not exactly an audience of one right because he has the whole state and so i would say that i uh, you know first of all he's amazing right and he gets us together as a cabinet and he's like a coach he's just like you see him in other settings uh, but i would i would say of course i want to um play ball with the governor, right? But I also we should keep these sports metaphors going, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> but I also, you know, need to keep the buses going and all those other things. Yeah. 
All right. Okay. There were a bunch of hands. I will come up into the crowd. Okay. So let me do one of these here, and then I will come up there, and then I'll work my way back here. All right. You were going to ask a question. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned in 2045 we might have a light rail up to the northern suburbs, and I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about the possibility of that. Ooh, talk to us about Botno. Botno. Well, you know, Botno is a fantastic route, right? It would be by far our areas of, of equity and diversity and economic justice and a place where we could really uh, do significant work. It's just slower than, than the other routes, but primarily because of the negotiations with BNSF. So I will tell you, I think uh, some council members are here. We'll probably get the committee back together pretty soon and talk about the next steps and see if we can get it moving. So keep, keep thinking positive. Keep thinking positive. If, I'm, I am curious about this. Like, if something like, if people really wanted Botno to happen, is there anything they can do? Or is it just like, the, it, we just need to find the, the king of BNSF and ask him? Yes, if any of you have friends at uh, BNSF, yeah. text me after, okay? But, <laughs> I mean, that's, I, 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 again, I, and I promise I'll do better about just going to the questions, but this is like a piece that I feel like people don't appreciate is how much our transportation projects are sort of at the mercy of l- railroads. Yeah. Like, I thought literally, like, you learn in grade school about the progressive era that we, like, broke up railroad barons, and it seems like we're sort of, are we back to that? You know, in some ways, you know, it's, it's, it's the easiest to build along a railroad route, right? Because it's at grade, and you can build next to them. It's a, it's a route that's been planned. It has the land there. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. So that's why you see Southwest, you know, moving forward. There's a lot of chance for opportunity for development and housing and those types of things. So, Okay. All right. I'm going to go up into the house. All right. All right. Before we upset the king of BNSF. All right. Here you go. So I imagine you've answered this a million times, but many of us that live in this area feel like Minneapolis has sort of gotten the short end of the stick with the light rail Mm. because instead of going where the people are, like through Uptown or maybe even Nicolette, we're going through this pristine urban forest, which is one of the things that makes this city unique. And maybe it's, it's pretty, but... It's irreplaceable, and now we're going to cut down the trees before you have the LBG, whatever it is, uh, approved. And So do you have any empathy for folks uh, that are uh, concerned about this? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and remember, uh, how long have we been working on Southwest? I mean, a long, long, lot longer than before my time, right? And I agree with you that we want bus routes and light rail to go where people are. I mean, we do have plans for an uptown uh, BRT that would go. Uh, uh, one of the mayors and I rode that, and it's going to be be really, really good. I think that um, you know I uh, recently biked the Kenilworth Trail, and it is pretty amazing, right? Uh, the the beauty out there. And I, I will tell you, is it is it is about the vision. It w- it will still be beautiful. It really will, and it's an opportunity uh, to share that with the rest of the state. So I do have I do have empathy. Um, I know it's hard, and uh, you know I'm out there looking at the sites. We're all talking about it, right, council members? We're all thinking about it all the time, but it is, it is about having the vision. So good question. Fair question. I want to go where the people are. Okay, I'm going to come over there on that side, all the way on the opposite side of the audience. Hello. I'm going to think of a funny comeback now. Hello. 
Um, so I've heard um, rumor that it's proposed that the Green Line will be stopping service um, during late night hours. And I'm curious if this is related to wanting to prevent people in poverty from using the trains as shelter. So you're right. There is a proposal right now from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. for a closing. I'll tell you, the Green Line has been going continuously for five years with no stops. I mean, can you can not stop it? Can you imagine that? So it's been electrified for five years. So one thing is how the heck do the staff get out there and fix the tracks? Um, there's that thing called the arc of electricity, right? They could get electrocuted out there. We need some downtime to be able to fix the tracks. We also need some downtime to clean the trains. If you've been on the trains, uh, there are people riding it all night long right now. Um, we, we know uh, many of those people are unsheltered homeless people. Uh, and we know and are working with others to partner on how to help people find a better place to be at night because you know what there's no bathrooms on the trains so can you imagine what's going on, on the trains in the middle of the night it's not it's not good but the the real issue is it's about cleaning the trains and being able to have time to uh, for the staff to fix the track we will be doing a bus bridge a bus bridge is will, will be buses that will run the same exact route during that time so we want people to get to work we want people to get where they need to go Okay. You uh, have some funnier team. Uh, other okay. questions? <laughs> are yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, these are serious. It's a serious Thank issue. Thank you. Mine will be short. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to know how did you get into public service? Oh, that's a good question. So, a long time ago, in my uh, 30s, I I um, used to moderate forums for the League of Women Voters, and so one of them said, uh, "Have you ever thought about running for office?" And I said. Not really. And she said, I think you should think about running for office. And so that legislative seat came open about a year later. And so she came back to me. She said, okay, seat's open. Do you want to run? And so the, the thing I didn't know 22 years ago uh, is I was endorsed. And then I found out I was pregnant right after that. And she's right there. Do you want to raise your Do hand? Do those things happen yeah, together? I, I <laughs> <laughs> they were So just to say that, uh, the, the follow-up question was like, yeah, what was the... So somebody mentioned this to you, but what was your impetus for actually getting yeah. into doing it? Well, so that, le that legislator actually came and reached out to it. And, the, and you know, my son, who's right there too, was in, was in kindergarten. Uh, and, you know, it looked like a good time to be able to, to do a career change and to run. You know, my, I grew up in Tucson in the desert, and uh, my mom was from Minnesota. And she always talked about Humphrey and all those kinds of things. So it was like, wow, this would be a really exciting opportunity. Plus, the legislature, to me, was really exciting because you're doing education and health care and human services and all those kinds of things. So it was uh, being asked was probably the biggest impetus. And then she helped me win. And I will, I will share this with you. Not marrying people. This doesn't happen to very many people, but I had never caucused, right? And I was endorsed. Uh, so it was being at the right place at the right time, a little bit of luck. And you know what I always say, right? All of you have been elected. It's hard work, right? Uh, okay. It's a lot of hard work. I, I'm going to come, I promise. But I'd like to, <laughs> I, I think that this is a really interesting question. Because, okay, so you were asked and then you did it, but you've stuck with it for 22 years. I know. That's the crazy part. Right? <laughs> so other than, like, insanity, why, yes. uh, why have you kept doing it? Well, you know, you, you get down to the legislature, it's really exciting when you're new, and, uh, you know, I, I worked on early childhood issues, and as you know, that's really an important issue these days. So as you get into deeper levels, I got to chair the Early Childhood Finance Committee, where Margaret 
uh, Anderson Keller was speaker, right? Now she's the MnDOT commissioner and I'm the, the council chair. So there's, it's about relationships, you know, and it's interesting. We, we loved uh, those late nights in the legislature were very interesting. And uh, it, was, it's, it was just a great opportunity. I left, I did not plan to be mayor. I tell you, I was done. Tori was in high school. It was time to go do something else. And I was asked to run for mayor almost immediately because Maplewood has this other sort of interesting story. Uh, go on. They've, well, they've struggled. They struggled, and they had a uh, really challenging mayor, and they, they needed somebody that had won elections, right, and who could, who could govern with stability. And so that's how I got into that one. And then the Governor Walls part, uh, you know, we all went through a competitive process and uh, was very excited to get that call on a Saturday night. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I promised I would go over here. I'm sorry. They, they, I, I'm going to go to you, and then, and then I'm going to come back oh. over there. Okay. What's your favorite part about being the chair of the Met Council? Oh, my favorite part. Um, oh, that's, that's a really good question. That's Steven, so I know him. Uh, U of M student. Uh, let's see. <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of really great parts. It's of course you want to say the people, right? You know, today we had this roundtable on people for disabilities. We run Metro Mobility. You know that that the idea that we're providing freedom for people with disabilities. It's an ADA requirement. You have to be certified to get Metro Mobility because you need to be able to ride a bus just like anybody else, right? Uh, and so, so those moments are, are really great. We're really uh, making the differences in lives of people. It is not perfect, I will tell you that. We heard a lot about that too. Uh, but I would say, uh, you know, being out with the people that are riding and getting real feedback and then, you know what, it's about improving things. So how are we gonna improve? How are we gonna do better? Okay, yeah, thanks. Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm interested in um, the availability of Section 8. And I think you said that uh, there are 7,000 vouchers for Section 8. How does that um, meet the need? Is it proportional? Are you serving 10% of those people who have the needs? One. Um, and the second question is, how does a person qualify for Section 8? Uh, so good questions. Now, a couple of things that there are several HRAs right in the state, right, all over. Ours is primarily a suburban uh, HRA because there's Minneapolis and St. Paul and uh, have their own HRAs. Um, I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't know or won't be in the paper. No, go ahead. It's uh, good. We very rarely make news, so go ahead. Um, the waiting list is going to open up for <gasps> Section 8. Yeah. So somebody, you just heard this in a meeting, right? So it's public. Okay, good. So a uh, very rare thing that the waiting list even opens up. So, so what does that mean, she's asking? Like, what does uh, it so mean it, that the waiting list is open? income. I, I don't know. Because exact... right now the, the waiting list is closed. Like, if I needed Section 8, if I needed that support, I couldn't even get on the waiting list right now, except that now I can, you're saying. Yes, and it will be heavily advertised. And if you're interested, you need to call the Met Council, like, tomorrow and ask because it's a it's a very small window. It's like a week or two because they because last time they did it, they had what thousands of people, thirty six thousand people signed up to be on the waiting list. What is that? I I mean this is sort of again a bigger question, but like it, if we have thousands and thousands of people sign up for 
a Section 8, and then we're like, we actually, we literally can't even put you on a waiting list yet. What does that say about sort of where we are with affordable housing in this region? That tells you we need some, right? That we have a, we have a high need for a lot of affordable housing. A lot of people are looking for help. You know, housing has gone up and up and up. You know, I, I also, I sit on a task force today that met about housing and uh, how to help employers help employees find affordable housing in ways that they can help them do that by maybe uh, loaning them the down payments, things like that. Uh, so it, it says that we are a region that has a lot of needs still, um, but we we can't get it. They're federally funded, uh, Section 8, uh, and it's by income. So that we probably should be looking at getting more vouchers or maybe doing a different another HRA we can... Uh, we can levy potentially. Uh, I think uh, can, something we can do. So, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So the question Absolutely. is, that, like, if we've only got seven thousand and there's something like thirty-five thousand, right. you've you've got yeah that identifies needing that, then it's a small percentage that yeah. we're covering. So this kind of comes back though to something we were talking about in the first half, which is like, <laughs> if if we're if we know we need more affordable housing, like there's that need, you're acutely aware of that because you're yes. doing the Section 8 housing vouchers. And then you're sort of looking around the region and you're like, oh, there's all these places that like have places where they could be doing affordable housing and they're not. Like, how, like That's why we're, look, we're asking cities to do this. You're right? asking. Yeah. At what point do you have to tell cities to do it? Well, we're requiring them, right, gently. Right, Mary? And, uh, Requiring gently is the most Minnesota thing that I have ever heard. <laughs> you know, sometimes it doesn't always pan out. I mean, they may have plans and tell us about their plans, and then they, the developer falls through, or the piece of land gets bought by someone else. And so we can't totally do those sticks because there's some extenuating circumstances. But I will tell you, housing is probably the, the single, single you know, biggest need, I think. And, and again, you know, because I, I love kids, it's is for kids housing is stability for them it helps them grow up to be to grow up with a, a stable life there's other things right but it's really important to have a good a, a home okay so uh two last sort of like sets of questions i wanted to ask well it's not so bad like oh. you know, you're taking all the uh, it's <laughs> it's, it's uh so uh i am curious like when we've had some conversations about this before um and and early on we actually uh citizens league was a, a big sponsor or a big supporter of our show they did a big report a couple of years ago where they were saying one of the challenges with the Met Council right now, because they helped set it up in the first place, they said one of the challenges now is that it's it's not elected, and so therefore people can sort of say, oh, it's just sort of what the governor wants, right? Like, it's just sort of his idea at this point. Um, I am curious. You, you have this role of having been elected, and now you're in this appointed role. Do you feel like you had more agency you had more sort of like vested interest people sort of saw like oh she was elected and so she has some power to do these things that maybe now people look at you and like we didn't vote for you like let's see um so who thinks the night council would be elected raise your hand anybody Ooh. oh we got we've got some maybe see yeah. that was interesting so the deal is uh, Governor Walls, uh, in his wisdom, uh, put several uh, former elected officials, or they were actually elected officials at the time. So I was mayor and resigned. You know, Molly is here, was a mayor of Hopkins, and she resigned. Phil Sterner was a former legislator. Hope it's okay to point you guys out. Uh, huh. Judy. <laughs> so please uh, direct your uh, complaints to them at the end of the show. 
Judy Johnson was a city council member in Plymouth. You know, so part of it, you know, honestly, it has the critics have quieted down a little bit on that because we do have former elected officials on there, and that's very much on purpose uh, because they have a lot of experience. Um, I've been on the TAB. The TAB is another thing. It's not the FFGA, right, or the uh, LNOP, but the TAB. Mary's on the TAB. It's my least favorite soda. Oh, <laughs> Transportation Advisory Board. They are, they, that's a body that's elected and appointed both, and so that works pretty good. Um, I'll tell you, Governor Walls, he's thinking about it. He's thinking about changing governance. You know, we'll see what happens with that. You know, he's trying to figure that out. Uh, maybe like staggered terms or another way we, thing we could do. Right. I, I, I get all of that. It yep. still is sort of like, that question is still there of just sort of like, do you feel like there's any difference between like how folks viewed you as like an elected person, you have sort of the support, the democratic support of the people versus, uh, oh, the governor picked these folks. So honestly, I do. And so do our, so do our people. I mean, Molly's out doing Southwest Light Rail. She's been a mayor in Hopkins. She understands it. You know, Phil's down in Rosemont. I mean, so I, I think it helps. It's not everything, but it, it certainly helps because we, we have been elected. We, you know, I'll tell you, I answer complaints, right? I'm not sure if all the Met Council chairs did that, right? So, but because I've been a mayor, we answer complaints. We like transparency. We like, you know, good government. I, and those are some of the principles we bring into the Met Council that um, we think are, are helping. Last last question, which is so you're on the show. I hope that if if it wasn't too terrible, you'll come back on the show uh, in like two or three years. You know, when when you're deep into your term, then. And I'm always curious for folks. You know, you're only about 120 some odd days in. So three years in. What are the things that we should be like? um, You know, Chairslaw. What you said you were going to like be a champion on this. You were going to yeah. do this. So, like, what are the things we should, like, hold you to account for in three years from now? Well, the biggest, biggest one is that cutting the ribbon on the Southwest Light Rail. And so one you already did? That's easy. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> and like, and that the residents ultimately find it to be worth it, yeah. I, I hope, um, and, and value in what Southwest will bring in terms of our connect- connectivity. I hope that um, people will, you know, I'm trying to think of our other areas, uh, I hope the BRTs will be implemented and yeah. taking people around. And, yes. you know, one bus equals 40 cars off the road. You know, there's going to be 700,000 more people uh, in Minnesota. By the time a child is born today, graduates from college, those 700,000 people are going to bring cars, and they're going to be in the metro region, right, and on our, on our streets and on our local streets. And so what I hope is I hope there's less cars and more buses because um, are you sick? Of, anybody sick of waiting in traffic? I mean, it's unbelievable. Getting here, unbelievable, right? It was it was hard to get. Here. Don't say that. That's not good for our show. Uh, for the podcast audience, it's very easy to come to our show. Please buy tickets regularly. Yeah, just leave early enough. Yeah. I, is there? I, and I mean, again, this sort of circles all the way back to like when the first question I asked you about. Like, you wanted to come in and be part of the Metropolitan Council. You wanted to chair this. So, is there something that you're really like holding on? And you're like, yeah, this is somewhere I really feel like I want to make this difference. You know, there, there's probably two things. I mean, one is just that regional competitiveness that we are on par with Boston, Atlanta, Denver. That we're doing this, that we're working as a region, and we're working together to have the best region possible. We know. I mean, you're Minnesotans, right? Do we have a great region already? 
Yes. Minnesota is just uh, heads above everywhere in the country right now, right? So, especially the Twin Cities region, but we can even do better. And so, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to be working with uh, a lot of companies on that and a lot of groups on regional um, competitiveness. Uh, the other thing is the equity thing, is how to really take that equity and just make it a part of our region, right? So that we all um, believe in it, uh, work equitably, and we're not, and it's just second nature, so we don't really have to think about it. Uh, is my hope. And so, I don't know, is that shooting too high? No, that's that's a great note to end yeah. on. Can you all please, this is a tremendous uh, <laughs> round of applause. Uh, you are solid. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This show was recorded live at the Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis. If you'd like to attend one of our live shows or are interested in working with us on an issue you're passionate about, you can find out more information on our website at www.t2p2.net and on Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it. Thanks.